Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Date Night In. Get 10% off your first date at diapersanddisciples.com slash date. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 29. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today's chat is with Claire Swinarski, wife, mama, writer, and host of the Catholic Feminist Podcast. We chat about the actual definition of feminist, some of Claire's favorite episodes, and some upcoming changes in her family life. Thanks for listening in. Here's my chat with Claire. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. This is really exciting. I uh, am a listener of your podcast, and I think I started listening maybe um, shortly after you started. I can't remember. When did you launch the podcast? Was it about? Yeah, it was March of 2017, so almost a year. Okay. Wow. Great. Um, Yeah, so I think I uh, started listening uh, shortly after you launched, and I have just been so encouraged and inspired by the variety of guests that you have. And um, yeah, just what each of the women brings to the table and has to share. So I'm excited to talk to you about your podcast and uh, just about you and your life. So maybe we could start there and you could tell me a little bit about you and your work and your life as a mom. Sure. Oh my gosh. Where do I start? So like you said, (laughs) I'm Claire. Um, I live in the great state of Wisconsin. Um, and I'm married to a tall, gangly Polish man. <laughs> um, we have one toddler who's almost two, and he's a handful, but he's really great. And then we have another one cooking, so she will be here in May. Oh, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I am a freelance writer, so I help companies with their content. I do a lot of, like, blog writing and product descriptions and kind of boring stuff like that. But I also write for a wedding magazine, which is really fun. And I have the Catholic Feminist Podcast. So I have my hands in a lot of different pots. I'm always doing like eight things at once. And it's kind of crazy, but it's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you how do you balance that? What does your maybe you could take us through just like what a week looks like for you? Sure. So it's actually funny you ask because one of my big goals this year is to have more defined like work time and not work time because when you're doing so many things, it's just easy to kind of always be checking your email and like I do everything for the podcast by myself pretty much. I just contracted someone to help me with the social media. Awesome. But before this year, I had been doing everything completely myself. And so it was easy on like a Saturday afternoon to be like checking the Catholic Feminist Instagram. And it just wasn't the best thing for my family. I felt like I was really attached to my iPhone. And mm-hmm. also just my mind would get all of a sudden on like booking guests and coming up with questions and like I wouldn't be fully present. So this year I'm trying really hard to have very defined work times. So my son goes to daycare two mornings a week, um, which was hard for me, but he loves it. So (laughs) that makes everything easier. Yeah. And then I work, um, usually I try to work in the morning for a little bit before he wakes up and then I work during his naps. And then sometimes I have to work at night after he goes to bed, which kind of stinks. But I always think like, if I can take the weekend off, I can work at night a little like I'd rather have to work at night than on a Saturday. Yeah. (laughs) So I try really hard not to work on Saturdays and Sundays, especially this year. That's like my big goal. But so um, yeah, I'm like spend, I don't know, maybe like 
five hours a day working, if I had to guess. And usually, like, two of those days a week are on podcast things, and then three of those days are more, like, writing things. So, yeah, trying to get a little more of a system this year. Yeah, that makes sense. That's great. I I feel like I'm kind of in that same boat with – I don't really know how to balance the social media aspect of the podcast. I think because I'm just not very good at social media. And so and so I do find myself like spending a lot of time on things when I should probably just have a certain work time when I get that done as opposed to just doing it throughout the day when it comes to my mind. So um, yeah, I think that's a great goal. And then is your husband's schedule like when do you – do you feel like you're able to find time with him – um, cause that's another yeah. struggle of mine. So, <laughs> oh, me too. So that's like kind of part of this big goal was I felt like I wasn't getting enough time with just him, but it was really hard with him. So he's a software engineer. Um, so he works like a pretty typical, like eight to five, but he was in grad school until August. Okay. Um, and so that was like insanity, um, just constant, like, cause he was working full time and then going to school at night and then doing homework on the weekends. So that was a very rough season, <laughs> but he graduated in August. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so we really spend a lot of our family time together, like all of us, me, Chris, and our son on the weekends. And then during the week, um, on nights where I'm not working, then Chris and I try to have like Chris and Claire time. Also, we're really lucky because we live by a lot of my family. So we have babysitters like pounding down the door, basically. Like my siblings love (laughs) watching Benjamin and like my sister will just call and be like, I'm not doing anything this weekend. Do you and Chris want to go on a date? And I'll just take care of Benjamin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's awesome. So lucky on that front. Yeah. So we try to do like one very intentional date night a month where it's like, it's not take out a Netflix, but it's actually like going to dinner or going to a museum or going to a movie. Um, so we try really hard to have that kind of structure. But I'm also – the other hard thing with me is that I'm really introverted and I really like alone time. Mm-hmm. And so as you can tell from my schedule, I don't really have a lot of that. But <laughs> yeah. So every night, like we all eat dinner together. I love to cook, so I try to make dinner every night. And then from like 6 to 7 for like an hour before Benjamin goes to bed, they get special like Benjamin dad time and I usually hide in my bedroom with a book. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> yeah, so that's really important to me too because I just – I'm a person who really needs alone time. And if – I'd say if you have kids, but I think anybody really – if you don't schedule alone time, it can be kind of hard to get. So it's pretty important to me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely – agree with that. I can definitely see that. And my husband, Cameron, is in school right now too. So that does make things, yeah, it makes things (laughs) a little bit more complicated because you have a little bit more to add to your schedule. So, um, so Claire, I would love to talk to you about your podcast because, uh, your podcast is called the Catholic feminist. And I think when most people hear the word feminist, there's like certain hot topic issues that come to mind. Some, of them, which would actually probably contradict what it means to be Catholic. Like I'm thinking um, like abortion mainly. So maybe you could tell us uh, how you would define feminist and what it means to be a Catholic feminist. Sure. So the definition of feminist, that's the actual definition. Like it's the one we use, but it's also the meaning of the word is um, a belief in the equality of the dignity and worth of men and women. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so when you put it like that, it's kind of hard to understand why someone wouldn't call themselves a feminist. Right. But I think the issue is that our culture today has really taken the word and decided it means something else. But just because you decide it means that doesn't mean it means that, yeah. right? Um, and so, yeah, when we come to an issue like abortion, it's really easy for people to say, well, this is a feminist issue. You can't be a feminist and not believe in abortion. But that's not true. I mean, you can say it. You can make it a Facebook status. You can put it on the news. But that doesn't make that true. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it was. it's always been kind of easy for me to see how something like abortion is actually harmful to women. And so being pro-life is actually an extremely feminist position in my view. And I think why I created the podcast was really out of a place of frustration. I was just starting to feel like the Catholics I knew hated all the feminists. The feminists I knew hated all the Catholics. And they didn't understand that we really actually agree on so much and we're excluding people from groups that we should want everyone in, right? Right. Like, as Christians, we want everyone to love the Lord. We want everyone to go to heaven. So by hating people and yelling at them and like acting like they're Satan, that's not helping people get to heaven at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was really trying to find something that would kind of build a bridge and help us just explore these topics, get our hands dirty. Because I also just felt like a lot of the women's talks that I had been to tended to be a little like safer, if that makes sense, just um, kind of like tucked in and neat and talking about the same kind of topics. I always heard from the same women, like literally the same few women at every conference mm-hmm. talking about the exact same thing. And I just wanted to kind of widen that sphere and dive into topics that I wasn't really hearing talked about as much. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I think, um, I mean, that's probably a huge reason um, so many people feel, I would say, drawn to your podcast is um, as I mentioned earlier, the variety of guests that you have um, and the kind of topics that you dive into are really ones that um, a lot of people aren't talking about. So <laughs> I'm really grateful for that. Um, do you say? Would you say you have a favorite episode of your podcast? Oh, that's so hard. I have a lot of favorites, um, but I think a few that I usually tell people to start with if they like want to know kind of what the podcast is about. Um, A lot of times I point them to um, an episode we did with Leah Jacobson. She's the founder of the Guiding Star Project. Are you familiar with that at all? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. But maybe you could tell us. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The Guiding Star Project is um, a network of holistic women's healthcare centers. And so they say that they do everything from puberty to menopause. So um, actually before, because they'll do like breastfeeding. So really like from when you're born to when you die. (laughs) Awesome. Um, yeah, Guiding Star offers health services for women. And what I love about it is it's, in my mind, the exact opposite of Planned Parenthood. It's this really um, life-affirming service that truly tries to look for root causes. Um, it's just a really beautiful program. And what I love about it is that it's easy, I think, to sit around and say like, oh, Planned Parenthood is bad. Abortion is bad. Health, like this healthcare is fake. It's a lot harder to actually launch something like that. Um, and so talking to Leo was just super inspiring. And I think she breaks down a lot of like what our secular culture thinks of as feminism really isn't femi- feminism. She does a great job diving into that. Um, and then a couple other episodes that I really like are, I just had my friend 
Terry Meyerhofer on. She's like not a Catholic speaker. Like I don't even think she has a Facebook, but she is just a civil engineer. And it was just a really great talk on like being a woman in a male dominated office, because I hear that question a lot too. Like how can I like continue in my femininity and my faith, but in like the super secular male dominated office. Mm. And so I really liked that conversation too. But I mean, we've, we have like almost 50 episodes. So there's just, there's a lot of good ones. I've had some real rock star women on there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so great. So along those same lines, have there been any particular topics that um, you've found difficult or wrestled with on the show or um, ones that maybe you get a lot of like feedback from <laughs> like one way or the other kind of more. Yeah. Like- <laughs> you know, what's interesting is the ones that make people angry are never the ones that like I would get angry about personally, oh, funny. which yeah. I find really funny. So like uh, one of the like main driving forces of our podcast is I really don't like to show up and say, here's all the answers in a really neat and tidy box with a bow on top. And don't you just love church teaching? It's so beautiful and easy to understand. Like, I feel like what we really need to do is have conversations about how hard church teaching is sometimes because the Christian life is not easy. It is not like this super easy paved road to walk. It can sometimes be really bumpy and complicated. And so I like diving into hard topics and maybe not like walking away with all of the perfect answers in a bow. And so we're definitely not afraid to have tricky topics on. I'm just laughing because absolutely the number one episode I got the most angry emails about was our episode about um learning Catholic truths from Harry Potter. Like that made people really mad. Oh, really? <laughs> I got a lot of emails about like, oh my gosh, like, do you know like how sinful Harry Potter is? And those just kind of made me chuckle because I, I just disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the episodes that I've like actually struggled with, um, One in particular, I always said right from the beginning, my husband asked if we were ever going to talk about um, like homosexuality and gay marriage. And I was like, no, we're not (laughs) because I, I, I did not feel comfortable having a straight person on to talk to me about what um, people with same sex attraction should do. Hmm. Like that seemed messed up to me. Um, And I didn't know anyone (laughs) who had same-sex attraction. And then I met Anna Carter, who's the founder of the Eden Invitation alongside Shannon Ochoa. We've had them both on the show. And so having Anna on to tell her story of what it's like to um, not be straight was just super interesting for me. And we tried to make it really focused on like her story. Like if you listen to that episode, we don't actually go into church teaching. We're not actually talking about like – what the church says. We're talking about her and her story and her life. And that's like what I feel like people need to hear because I think a lot of Catholics or Christians could say what they think about gay marriage, but I don't know how many could be like, yeah, so I sat down with my friend who has same-sex attraction and this is what it's like to be her. Um, And so it was really important for me to have that on, but it was definitely something that was hard. And then another kind of tricky one that I loved. This is actually another one of my favorite episodes is we had um, Gloria Purvis on to talk about race and race issues in the church. And it was just really hard for me as like a a white middle-class girl living in the suburbs surrounded by white people to talk to this very strong, confident, educated black woman 
about discrimination that she sees and feels within the church. It was like heartbreaking. But again, I just think it was really important. So I love doing topics like that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I'll link to those specific episodes in the show notes for sure. And I actually, um, I lived with Anna Carter for a year. Um, we both served Wait, on- you did? Yeah, we both served on NET together. Well, we were on NET mission oh staff gosh. together. Yeah. Small world. She's in Milwaukee. So I mean, I see her like all the time. Yeah. That is so funny. And <laughs> I just love what her and Shannon are doing with Eden Invitation. So I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well, because I think it's a great resource for people. Yes. So, okay. That's awesome. And I think that is like the beauty of um, interview style podcasts is that you actually hear people's stories and it's not just like like you were saying, these are the answers or this is where you find things. It's actually what has been your experience. And um, I love that because, yeah, your experience is different from, you know, Anna's experience or Gloria's experience. And to have them be able to share from, yeah, just their own lives. I think that's just the beauty beauty of podcasting. And it's so easy. It's so easy to stand up and be like, this is what the church teaches on blah, blah, blah. And then it's so much harder when you know people who are really living through that. And it makes you so much more empathetic and I think evangelistic Mm. Um, because it helps you see people that you disagree with as human beings. Like it's very easy for me to look at someone who's like a huge activist for gay marriage and understand where they're coming from. Like I actually completely understand where they're coming from and that makes me love them more and that makes me – holier, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> it makes me see them as a child of God. It, it, and our world just does not need any more antagonistic people yelling at each other. I'm not saying we shouldn't speak truth. I'm not saying we shouldn't disagree when necessary, but I am saying that we need to see people as people way more often than we do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So in, in terms of podcasting in general, have you found that there's been like a favorite part for you or something that you've really enjoyed that you didn't expect maybe? (laughs) Yeah, I think a couple of things. I love talking to women about their stories. I was a journalism major, um, which is why I think the show has the feel that it has, right? You can tell I'm not a theology major or anything like that. Like I'm a journalist, so I just love interviewing people. Sometimes my friends will say to me like, can you stop interviewing me? Because I'll just ask people questions and questions and questions. (laughs) Can we just like talk about your life for a second instead of mine? Um, And so I think the podcast has been cool because I get to look at these amazing Catholic women and I get to have one-on-one conversations with them. Like I get to talk to Abby Johnson, who's been my hero for years. Um, Or like I get to read a really cool article by Simca Fisher and then email her and be like, will you come on the podcast? And then I get to talk to her one-on-one, like things like that I think are just really, really fun. And then on kind of a deeper level is the feedback that the podcast has gotten is beyond my wildest hopes and dreams and imagination in terms of people saying that like God has used it to bring them closer to their faith. God has taught them about pro-life issues. Like God has just used it so much in such a powerful way that I can't believe he would like invite me into. I'm so like humbled that he would do that. And I just can't believe the impact that it's made. Like I thought that it was going to be entertaining and educational, but I didn't realize it was actually going to maybe help people get to heaven, which sounds really 
conceited, no. but I don't mean that I'm doing it. I just want to give the glory to God that he is doing it. So I don't want to deny it either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's his project. So I don't want to be like, well, it's not really doing anything. Like, no, I think it is doing things actually. And it's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. I really love that. So you just started the second season of the show, right? Um, yes, yes. So can you tell us anything that's in store for the coming months or do you kind of have a plan for for what's to come this season? Heck yeah. We are interviewing like a lot right now because I am trying really hard to take maternity leave this summer. Oh, um, right. With Benjamin, I was working when he was like three days old and it was horrible. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I know. I, I like am really trying to get rid of these workaholic tendencies. Like I said, it's a big goal this year. So um, I'm recording a lot right now. I have like three interviews a week. It's kind of crazy. Um, But so we have some really great people coming up. Again, I always try to balance it from like um kind of big names that people would know. But then I also just love to have like everyday Catholic women on. Um, and so a couple of interviews coming up that I really love are, um, I, I like depending on when this airs, these might already be out or these might still be coming okay. up. But, um, I had, uh, just my friend Tori on, she lives here in Milwaukee. She's a doula and we talked all about birth. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Which like, I don't know about you as a mom, but like, I love to like read birth stories and hear about people's births. It's, like kind of a weird thing I love, but I do. Um, and so she came on to talk about like making birth more spiritual, which I thought was so fascinating. Um, and then who else do we have? But then we have some kind of bigger names too. Like we have Leah Darrow coming on. She was a former top model contestant who's now a chastity speaker. Oh, awesome. Um, and yeah, so she has really great things to say. And then who else do we even have? Um, oh, Simka Fisher is a journalist who recently did a series of articles on um, some sexual assault allegations at a huge uh, Christian college here in the U.S., and she really wrapped it into the Me Too movement and kind of how Christians should be responding to that. So we are also touching on a lot of current event kind of things. I really want to engage the Me Too movement in the podcast and talk about it and also talk about like how our response as um, Catholic and Christian women should be. Because um, I feel like when we're having these huge topics about sexism and feminism in the world I love to bring those into the podcast and say like okay so this is something that's going on but how are we responding to it like how does Jesus change our response to this Mm. so yeah lots of really great stuff and then we also are doing um another round of our e-retreat 40 days to a feminist faith this spring which I loved doing in the fall and I'm so happy to be bringing back so yeah we got a lot of stuff going on awesome yeah that sounds busy so is is the e-retreat is that like a um, daily email or is it like a small group or yeah so it's a daily email we're gonna do it um again like I'm not sure when it's gonna air but it's gonna be March 20th to April 28th oh, okay so if it hasn't launched yet head over to the website we'd love to have you um and it's a daily email um, talking about a different topic in faith and femininity. So we're kind of taking the podcast topics and diving in even further. And it's also for prayer accountability. So every day you commit to praying for 20 minutes a day, which sounds like really easy until you're trying to do it. (laughs) right? (laughs) And then the day gets away from you and it's like 8 30 PM. And all you want to do is watch Netflix and drink wine in your bed. Um, So yeah, it's really fun. And we also have some community aspects. Like we're going to have a Slack channel this year. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. We're going to have like secret podcast episodes and all kinds of stuff. I wanted to do some kind of retreat that would bring women together, but I just know in this season of my life, like planning a 
physical in-person event is just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so we took it to the digital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yes. So this is going to be crazy for you because you're due in um, May and we're yes. at this recording. Mm-hmm. We're in, we're, what are we in? February. <laughs> so, yeah. and then you have that coming up. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about uh, mom life for you. So was this do you feel like motherhood was what you expected or different or that is such a big question. Um I think it was it's like harder and better at the same time. Okay. Like I couldn't have imagined um how great it is. Like I it's it I don't know, like when you see your kid do something super cute and you just get that like feeling of love from your head to your toes, like mm. you really can't describe that until you're feeling it. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, I never imagined that. Or like the mama bear instincts that would come out. <laughs> um, like even little things like seeing a bug in his room and you just got to kill it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just things like that. I definitely didn't expect. Um, And then in some ways, it's also a lot harder because nothing really prepares you for just the sacrifice that it is to always be in charge of another person. Yeah, that's true. You know, 24 hours a day, I'm the person who he needs for everything. And I mean, he's a great sleeper and he's got a pretty great temperament. He's not like the super high needs child. But even things like I was just reading a blog post by someone who was on a vacation and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go on a vacation (laughs) right now so bad. But it would require like so much planning and blah, blah, blah. And like, so things like that are kind of hard, but it definitely is the most sanctifying thing for me in my life. Like nothing has pushed me closer to the Lord than being a mom. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you started talking to Benjamin about like being a big brother or do you think he has any idea or kind of understands what's no okay. I think he has no idea. I mean we've, we've tried and he definitely thinks I'm fat and weird like he knows things different with my body so like rub my stomach um and he knows that I can't be as physical like yeah. I can't like carry him on my back um and he's kind of learned things like that but I definitely think he has no idea. And it's funny because he has a little cousin who was born in September. So she's really a little, little baby. And he like couldn't care less. Like he's not jealous, but he's also like not into her at all. He's just kind of like, what is that thing? (laughs) So like I have no idea how he's going to respond when she's like in our house. Um, So I'm like really curious to see how it goes. But we're also really blessed that Chris gets like a ridiculous amount of paternity leave. He gets six weeks paid paternity leave. I know. I feel like horrible saying that sometimes, but honestly, it is the biggest blessing because the transition to Benjamin was just like so much easier than I think it was for a lot of my friends. Um, because I had Chris there. And so, like, we're really excited because she's due at the beginning of summer. So Chris is going to get, like, six weeks in summer off, and we are just going to bond as a family. And that's why I'm trying really hard not to have to work during that time. Yeah. And I'm, like, super, super excited for that. That's amazing. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. One to two kids. I'm a little nervous. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I actually found I, – I don't know if this is a rare exception, but I thought going from one to two kids was easier than going from – having no kids to having one kid because you're still I've heard that in the groove one is the hardest. yeah like I 
someone who had five kids, like what was the hardest transition? And they said 100% zero to one. And she said, after you have three, it's like, doesn't even matter. She's like, you're already out. (laughs) Yeah. Plateau of like difficulty. And by then your oldest kid is old enough to kind of help you do a couple things. So it's actually like easier to have a baby. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, that makes me feel good. That's awesome. That's great. I love hearing that. Hi friends, if you're like Cameron and I, you will understand why I love today's sponsor so much. (laughs) You know how difficult it has become to get date nights since having kiddos. With the cost of a babysitter and the struggles of leaving the kids, date nights don't happen as often as you'd like. Enter Date Night In, a subscription box service that sends you a date filled with fun, unique, and spontaneous date items and activities every month. Date Night In's highest priority is helping you to connect with your spouse in a new and creative way. And best of all, there is no time pre-planning. It's simple, automatic, stress-free, care-free timelessness. We could all use a little more of that. For 10% off your first date night, visit diapersanddisciples.com date. And thanks for supporting the show. So Claire, what would you say is your favorite part of your home and why? Oh, so we're moving right now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like uh, on top of everything else going on, <laughs> in two weeks, we're moving only five minutes away from where we live now. Um, but I am kind of sad because our apartment, we, we live in an apartment building and it's really easy to hate on it because it's really small and it dated and it's just like not the nicest apartment. But we love our little neighborhood we live in so much that I think I'm going to cry when we leave. (laughs) Like, it's in like this really, our apartment building is randomly in this like beautiful wooded area with like paths. Um, And at night in the summer, like, there's so many families here and everyone will just go on walks and it's just very safe and very quiet and very homey. And our new neighborhood does not have the same feel at all. So I I just love like our little corner. I feel like we're tucked away in a little woodsy corner and it's awesome. That's <laughs> so I think so like nice. that's actually my favorite part is the outside. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Um my husband and I are house hunting right now and I feel like if you can find a home even if it's like not your ideal home but it's in like a nice like neighborhood that you just love or like a nice part of town that you just love that that makes that can make a huge difference so yes do you watch fixer upper um i have watched i watched the earlier seasons but um i haven't seen anything current but yeah chris and i are obsessed and we always say like the main thing we learned from that show is you can do anything in your house but you can't change the neighborhood mm. so i totally agree with you yeah like, <laughs> you can always like update the countertops but you can't like physically move your house to different neighborhoods the neighborhood's like so important <laughs> yeah yeah that's really true so um are you guys going moving to another apartment or are you getting a house now or kind of in the middle we're renting a townhouse oh awesome that'll be great yeah yeah so it, it'll be great to have more room like we're gonna have three bedrooms so each kid has their own room which was important to me because sleep is important to me yeah <laughs> um and then like we don't have a dining area right now we eat around our coffee table which is like the worst thing ever so 
I'm super excited to have like a kitchen table and chairs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll be that'll be a nice change. And I totally get the bedroom thing because my we are currently staying um, in my parents' home. They have like a downstairs area, and so my husband and I and our two kids are all in the same room. It's like a big. Oh, it's a big bedroom, but <laughs> <laughs> it does make sleeping a little bit more complicated. Um, I was telling him it's going to be a little bit of a transition, like having them in a different room because I feel like I'm going to be nervous. Like, oh, can you go check on them? (laughs) Just because I'm so used to having them actually in our room right now. But That's so funny. We are like so different. Benjamin never slept in our room. Our first night home, he slept in his own bedroom. Oh, that's so funny. We've never shared a room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I'm like a weirdo about sleep and kids sleep like I am not one of those people who just like lets their kids make their own schedule it's, I'm like no this is the schedule I've made it for you here's when you are going to sleep yeah I I feel like I always tell people you just got to do what works for your family and I know a lot of people that it that for them that means like my child needs to sleep <laughs> in the separate yeah, room well, so people thrive on like less sleep or more sleep too oh that's like, true I- yeah. I've met people who only sleep like six hours a night and they're totally fine with that. And I would be a lunatic if I only slept. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's coming. I'm about to have another baby, so yeah. I better get used to it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so Claire, what would you say are you are you loving recently? Oh, can this be like anything? Yeah, anything. Yeah. Okay, I'm reading a really good book right now. Um, it's called the death of expertise by Tom Nichols and it's a nonfiction book. It's not spiritual at all. Um, but it's about like the tagline is the campaign against published knowledge and why it matters. And it's about like how in our culture today, we all think we're experts on everything. Um, because we can Google. Oh yeah. (laughs) it's just really interesting talking about how that's affecting like our healthcare system and our politics. And because all of a sudden, like a patient can go to a doctor and they Googled. So they know exactly what they want to do instead of like having a doctor suggest things to them. Mm, interesting. Um, it's talking a lot about like how the news with the internet is so accessible that everyone thinks they're an expert in all these different topics. Like one of his examples is like, when there was the uprising in Ukraine, like everyone had an opinion on it. And then they did a survey and like the vast majority of Americans didn't know where Ukraine was on a map. Mm. <laughs> um, like, and like the, the like boost that our brain gets from scrolling Google news or Twitter, we just see headlines and we think that we read the article and we think we know about it when we don't. And it's just like really affecting our political sphere. It's just a really interesting book and it's really short. Like I'm not a huge nonfiction reader, but it's not a textbook. It's like very short and easy to read. So. Interesting. And who who did you say the author was? Tom Nichols. Okay. He's like a Soviet Russia expert or something like crazy and he's like a college professor and he so he also talks a lot about how in college now students will show up and just think that they like know more than the professor and it's making college like a really difficult environment I don't know it's just it, it's just really interesting because I'm on the internet all day and so reading like negative things about the internet I'm like oh yeah I could definitely see how that's happening yeah interesting oh I'll have to check that out that sounds really fascinating Hmm. um so Claire my last question for you is do you have any mom hacks to share yes I have a brand new one that I'm just starting (laughs) it has rocked my world so Benjamin is almost two 
And so if anyone's ever had an almost two-year-old, you know that they run around and they open drawers and they take like everything out. Um, And I feel like you have to say no to them so often that if I don't have to say no, I would rather not, if that makes sense. Like I can't let him do so many things that if he's going to do something that's harmless but messy, like take all the Tupperware out, like I'd rather not be like, no, even though it's a big mess that I have to pick up, like at least it's not like a pile of knives you know what I mean right yeah um but so the result of that is our apartment gets so flipping messy every night and so I used to kind of stress out about it and now I just take at the end of the night I take a literally a laundry basket like a plastic laundry basket and I just throw the mess in there on nights I don't want to clean up (laughs) 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 just it takes five seconds it makes the apartment feel so much better but you don't have to waste your time putting everything away because newsflash tomorrow, he's just going to take it all back out. And so in the morning, I can just pull that laundry basket out and all his crap <laughs> is just in there. And I think in the new townhouse, we're going to get like some cute baskets and keep them like in our living room for that kind of stuff because he just yeah. like loves to bring all these toys and then, like, you put him to bed while his toy box is in his room. We don't have a playroom. So then right. it's like, how do I even clean this up? Because you're – and I you go in your room while you're sleeping. Like, but it was just stressing me out because there was just, like, clutter everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, mom hack, um, don't really clean. Just throw everything in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical. It's, like, radically changed my mood at the end of the night. It really has. That is so funny and genius. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, And I totally get that because when I'm picking up after the kids go to bed and I end up having like usually a little pile like outside our room door because it's like, okay, I'm not going to go in the room and wake them up. So I'll just pile it up outside. So I love the idea of having a basket. That's awesome. Um, so Claire, if people want to either get in touch with you or learn about the Catholic Feminist, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, everything is on our website. So just go to the Catholic Feminist Podcast.com. You can find our social media links and how to contact me and how to listen to past episodes. It's all there, easy peasy. And also our info on the e-retreat is there too. So it's just the Catholic Feminist Podcast.com. Okay, awesome. Great. And I will include links to that in the show notes as well. Um, Claire, thanks so much for coming on. This was so fun to chat with another podcaster. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let me go ahead and close this in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together today. Thank you for all the mamas listening. I pray that you would speak to them today in their tasks ahead. Uh, Jesus, we love you, and we offer this day to you in your holy name. Amen. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening in. I loved hearing the actual definition of a feminist from Claire and some of the tough topics she's covered on her show. I also loved how she said that hearing people's unique experiences, struggles, and stories makes us more empathetic and evangelistic. And I think that's a beautiful challenge for us in conversations with others going forward, that we would be quick to listen to other stories and experiences. Thanks again for listening in. Until next time, you all are in my prayers.